Episode 125, Generation Z, Coming of Age. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Each and every week, we, uh, we're on the line with Jason Jennings, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, great to be with you today. Uh, Dale, it's great to be back with you. I always love this. Absolutely. So uh, you're traveling, as always. Uh, that's, that's the old news. But there's a you want to make a shout out to an airline. This is kind of unique. Uh, well, I do. Uh, you know, I've got almost four million miles with uh, United Airlines. They have a commanding market share out of San Francisco. Uh, but in the past year, I, I've been flying Delta a lot. And let me tell you what happened on my uh, Delta flight last week. I was flying uh, San Francisco to Minneapolis and then to a more rural airport. And uh, first of all, uh, I got on the airplane in San Francisco and. Geez, the flight attendants were actually nice. They actually smiled. They uh, didn't make you feel like you were put out because you were uh, like actually in their cabin. The food, I had the best breakfast I've, I've ever had in any restaurant, any place. But what really stuck out was on, on the flight home, uh, I knew I was going to have a very tight connection in Minneapolis, and I wasn't even sure if it was a legal connection. And so I, I check into the somewhat rural airport, and uh, I said, I've only got like 30 minutes in Minneapolis, and I know it's like two miles uh, from one end of the airport to the other end. And he said, not only that, he said, what's that on your back? And I said, oh, the huge big backpack. Well, that's my musical instrument. That's my viola and a lot of business stuff. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we do this? He said, if you, if you gate check that, he said, you're going to have to wait in the jetway and then you'll miss your flight. Why don't I just put you next to an empty seat? And uh, he said, I'll just shift the seating so you'll have an empty seat and just strap it in with the seatbelt. I didn't ask, he offered. And, uh, and then he said, I'll have a cart waiting for you in Minneapolis so you can make your flight. And uh, all of that worked out perfectly. The food coming home, Korean meatballs and a bed of rice with carrot batons with an Asian sauce was just fantastic. And so I think I mentioned to you once before, coming up in about a month, I'm going to be doing the commencement address at my uh, alma mater, where I went to school, Northern Michigan University. And uh, so I was leaning back and eyes closed, and I was thinking about uh, the commencement address, because that's a pretty big responsibility. I, I do a lot of speeches, but you really have an attempt in a, in a relatively short speech to make an impact in the lives of people who are just now about to set out and begin their lives. And so I, I became preoccupied with that, and finally I opened my eyes, and I reached out, and I grabbed the in-flight magazine, and uh, what I saw was uh, this. I'm not sure if you can see it. Um, in the uh, Delta in-flight magazine, in the article entitled, The Next Generation Gap. And so I started reading about Gen Z. And uh, I'm not sure how much you know about Gen Z, but it turns out that uh, Gen Z, uh, which numbers 2 billion people worldwide, they are about to graduate from university and colleges for the very first time coming up this year. And so I came home and uh, enlisted one of my researchers, and I said, uh, this week I want to know everything that's different between the millennials and Gen Z, because, I mean, all of business has been preoccupied, as you well know. I mean, how many podcasts have we done about how to engage millennials? 
millennials, how to attract millennials, how to keep millennials, how to understand millennials. I think we've done a half dozen podcasts on this, uh, but I've not seen a lot of talk about Gen Z. And so we began, and uh, we're not going to cover all the material today. I might post it someplace. But, w- but we, I want to inter- interrupt really quick. So for, for the folks listening, um, let's define exactly what Gen Z is okay, and, and how that right. relates to the other age groups okay. and demographics. Okay, and let me let me begin by telling what what myself and my researcher did this week. So we went back and we we looked at the baby boomers and the characteristics of baby boomers, 1946 to 1964, uh, and I'm one of those latter baby boomers. Then there's the smallest demographic of all, which is Gen X. Uh, they were born between 1965 and 1980, and they were commonly referred to as the latchkey kids, as you'll recall. Then there are the millennials, uh, and they were born between 1981 and 1997. There are 80 million of them in the U.S. And then there's Gen Z, but I love this. Do you know what else Gen Z is often called, Dale? No. Tell me. Well, like the iPhone, they're called the iGen. The iGeneration. And they were born between 1997 and 2012. And there are two billion of them worldwide. That's an amazing number. So we we plotted the characteristics and traits of all four demographic groups, and today we're going to concentrate only on the millennials and uh, Gen Z. So as a result of all of our research and everything we can find, uh, you know, people have been talked to to death about millennials, and I want to concentrate on Gen Z. But millennials have often been called, as you know, the the Peter Pan generation or the boomerang generation because so many of them went home. uh, Millennials are the most educated Uh, Up till now, they're the most tech-savvy. They were coddled. Uh, They were self-entitled, prone to jump from job to job. A lot of people call them lazy. I I will not go that far, but I will say that millennials, more than any other generation, are on a constant search for more me time than any other generation. So So if you understand that about the millennials, now let's take a look at Gen Z. And this is really fascinating. Number one. Uh, Gen Z, are they're cynical. Uh, they're realistic, not necessarily idealistic. And they're the products of knowing that, you know, 401ks don't always grow, jobs get cut, people get laid off, and there's no trophies awarded for showing up, unlike millennials who used to get big trophies just for showing up to play on the team. They are very, very private. Now, I found this fascinating. And uh, they communicate with Whisper, and they communicate with Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat, now you see it, now you don't. They are very cause-driven. Uh, they want to work for companies that align with their values. They're very entrepreneurial. Listen to this number. 72% of Gen Zers uh, want to start a business. 72% want to start a business. They are multitasking experts. I mean, they would prefer having five screens to two. And many of them, uh, if you're talking to one of them, it'll almost feel like they're not listening to you, you're not paying attention, because at the same time they're listening to what you're saying, they're also absorbed in their screens. They are not interested in memorizing. They want to be involved on a, on a, on a trek of self-discovery, and that's also the way they wanted to be educated. They are hyper-aware, but now listen to this one. The iGen, or Gen Zers, consider technology to be in the same category of importance as air and water. Wow. The same, yeah, it's just as important to life as, as is. is right, right, it's, right. It's just a way of life, yeah. 
That's exactly right. So then I started thinking, so what are the practical implications uh, of this going to be? Uh, how can how can business and how can leaders do a better job of finding and attracting and engaging and keeping the iGen or Gen Zers than they have done with millennials? Uh, you know, I attend all these conferences and keynote all these conferences, and there are still, I mean, breakout sessions at every conference about how to deal with the millennials. Well, maybe we can give everybody a head start on how you deal with Gen Z. And and it's going to be up to business to accommodate them, not to try to force Gen Zers, I mean, to fit into what exists right now. Well, having heard everything I just told you about, the, the characteristics of, of the iGen, number one, you need to be very, before you talk to them about their skill set or before you start doing a traditional interview, uh, they're either going to ask you questions or you better be very clear about your purpose, your culture, and the values of the organization. Remember, one of the traits is that they are very cause-driven. Uh, they're very attracted to social causes, and they want to work for businesses that align with the social causes they support. So you have to be very, very clear about the social causes that you support. And now I'm going to introduce you, introduce you to a brand new word. I, I bet you've never heard this one, Dale. Fidgetal. Fidgetal, meaning fidget. I'm going to fidget with my digital devices constantly? No, no, it means that there is always a digital way of being present. They don't want to show up. And here's a story that I heard this week, and it was just so coincidental. I've got a good friend who's a doctor, and his son is attending school on the East Coast. And his son has been lamenting that he, he doesn't have an internship lined up. So this doc pulls, uh, I mean, pulls in every favor he can, and he lines up a prospective uh, internship this summer with this company, goes so far as to set up the meeting with the HR person at the company. And so the doc thought his job was done. Uh, a couple of hours after the interview was supposed to take place, he got a call from the HR person uh, at this company saying, uh, and he said, did my son show up? Well, Kind of. Uh, and the doc said, well, what do you mean, kind of? Well, uh, at the appointed hour of the appointment, uh, he called me and said, uh, what's your Skype address so we can chat on Skype? <laughs> and he said he didn't know that this was an interview. I mean, this was not going to be about chatting. I mean, this was an actual interview, and Skype was not going to get the job done. And uh, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do uh, with this kid. So they're fidgetal, meaning that there's a digital way of being present. And so you really have to count on using Skype. You've got to count on using FaceTime, and it's got to count as showing up uh, to Gen Z. Here's another big one. Uh, they want to work privately. Uh, they're not big on working collaboratively, and they want private offices. Now, what kind of an impact is that going to have? Because we're, we're a nation of cubicles, but they don't want cubicles. I mean, they want private offices. They celebrate Individual, uh, individuality, uh, and they expect you to be mobile-friendly uh, in your recruitment. They want to do most of it online. They want to apply for a job online. They want to be interviewed online. They want to do everything online on, on their device. And here's the big one. They want to have a big role in writing the job description and coming up with the title that they're going to have in the organization. Uh, so those are some of the things that we're uh, going to be dealing with with Gen Z. And I don't know about you, but... I'm excited. 
Absolutely. I'm, really, I'm excited going forward. What a wonderful world we live in. I'm thinking about, uh, you know, in the heart of most major cities, we have these companies that have taken over warehouses. They've uh, left the space completely open. There are big conference tables in the middle. People right. can walk around with their laptops and work anywhere they want on a couch. And now you're telling me that that the desire for that is is going away with the next generation of the workforce. What a massive pendulum swing. Uh, it is a massive pendulum swing. Uh, just think of all the ramifications. And, I mean, if they try to maintain this huge open concept space with people who actually want their own private little spaces or their own private offices, uh, they'll be saying, where's John? I mean, where's Mary? Where's Kate? And, and you're going to find them, I guess, against the wall. I mean, huddled in the corner someplace working privately. So it's going to be interesting to see what the accommodation is. And And as you might guess, I am just so excited uh, about getting to do this commencement address at Northern Michigan University. I've done 1,200 speeches and uh, over the past 16, 17 years all around the world, and I think I'm probably more excited about this one than uh, than any speech I've I've ever given. And because commencement is not just a speech, but it's uh, several days on campus, I am so looking forward uh, to interacting and spending time with uh, these Gen Zers. And if we end up doing it on Skype on a mobile device or FaceTime, uh, that's fine. Even if we're in the same room, I mean, we'll just, I'll just haul up my device and we'll just Skype and FaceTime. That is fantastic. So uh, the, uh, the commencement address is coming up in, I'm guessing, mid-May? Uh, May 6th. May yes. 6th. Okay. May that 6th. will be a fun one. And uh, I, I, most of us as listeners, uh, I know I cannot remember my commencement address speaker. Can't remember a thing they said. I have a feeling it's going to be much different for those students in Michigan. Uh, I'll make sure they remember. Uh, I am going to share three points with them, and I hope to illustrate the points in in a way that they will carry these three things forward with their life with uh, on the, with their on their life journey. And uh, one of the things we'll do is it's it's going to be televised, and so uh, I'll I'll have digital copies uh, of it, and I think we'll actually uh, do it because I happen to believe the ideal commencement address is twelve to fifteen minutes in length. I mean, you don't want somebody up there droning on. I attended a commencement a year ago, and I kept thinking, what is this guy going to shut up? I mean, he droned on and on and on and on and he he was sure impressed with himself. And so mine is going to be 12 to 15 minutes in length. It's going to cover three things. And uh, I think we'll probably uh, either do snippets or maybe we'll do the whole commencement address in, in one of the podcasts coming up. That sounds like a great idea. And one more thing. Uh, we are going to have the futurist, Thomas Fry, coming on in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's tough for you and I to get our schedules in alignment. And when you put a very busy guy who's all over the planet, uh, so I think it's coming up the week. Um, uh, we're going to do that the week of April 24th. We're, we're working on the date right now. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. That will be a fun one. All right. So, Jason Jennings, any last words for us? Did uh, I catch you speechless? Yeah. No, you didn't. Okay. Uh, be, 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 I, I just keep saying the same thing over and over again. I can't believe uh, – I just I, I just got a check uh, in the mail the other day from HarperCollins Publishing uh, for my book, It's Not the Big That Eat the Small, It's the Fast That Eat the Slow, that came out 16 years ago. And you, you, you tend only to think about your most current book. But the book that is really – 
getting a lot of traction again. Uh, it's not my most recent book, The High Speed Company, but it's the book from before that, uh, The Reinventors. And uh, the mail uh, I'm getting or the email I'm getting about that, the number of speech requests based on that. And so I would suggest that uh, if somebody uh, hasn't read The Reinventors, it's a, it's a darn good read. And God, it just it's perfect for this time right now, too. Fantastic. Jason Jennings, uh, the author who USA Today calls the one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. And you can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference and learn about his fees and availability. Just go to the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button, follow the instructions, or the email, or you can also email him. And uh, you're more than welcome to, and you respond, you, you welcome those emails to come in, Jason, and you I do. respond every single one. Every one of them. All right. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Make it a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.